Attention, attention. I have found your new home design show, Binge. All eight episodes of Hack My Home are now streaming on Netflix, and I'm thrilled to have its hosts, Brooks Atwood, Jessica Banks, Mikhail Welsh, and Ati Williams on the podcast today. These home renovation experts utilize their particular specialties, innovation, engineering, design, and construction, in order to help families live better by making the most out of their homes untapped and often unseen square footage. The results are seriously incredible, and we'll have you asking, how did they ever think of that? First up, Mikhail and Brooks. Welcome, Mikhail Welsh and Brooks Atwood. Thank you for having us. Hi, Thank gentlemen. you so much. It's so great to be here. Okay. Where did the passion for your field come from? Hmm. <laughs> well, first, I would say, I think in your intro, you missed the power of uh, hair is also part of the show. I have some hair and Mikkel's missing all of his hair. And Mikkel, I have to check. But you are, are you starting pants? early. You are starting are you? early. <laughs> I like are you wearing to think pants you, in this interview? I, I like to think that you two are evening each other out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Yes, probably. So Mikkel, how, take Mikkel, it away. Mikkel, how'd you get your start? Oh, gosh, I got my start working in retail. Long story short, I, I was working at CB2 and I asked this guy who was shopping with all these bags. I'm like, what do you do? And help me get from the other side of this cash register. And that's how I broke into set design and then later on uh, into the television world. So I, I was stalking people at my job. What sets did you do? Um, I worked on the Steve Harvey talk show. Uh, gosh. I, I worked on the Drew Barry talk show, which I'm on now, but I did a lot of set design uh, for the shows. And then in turn, what would happen is like, let's say like Nate Burkis didn't show up or something because he misses a flight. Then they're like, oh, Mikhail, go out there and like do the segment. So that's kind of how it started. Isn't it great that that's how it happened? I'm surprised that I haven't met you on either of those shows because I've been there. <laughs> um, and Brooks, what about you? Because you're, you're an innovation guy. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I mean, the... <sighs> How to answer the question, I love Mikkel's answer about starting in retail. I think my parents just like had me doing a bunch of weird things, always building something or if I needed something, I have to, I had to make it myself. Um, so I made tools, I built boats and just like that love of uh, coming up with something and then making it with my own hands was so fun to me. And my dad was approaching it as an engineer. And, you know, love to engineers, but they're like for efficiency. And I was like, but there has to be a more beautiful way of doing this thing that you're making me build. So like, let me sketch and think of it in a different way. And I think that's kind of how it came up through all these different creations. And, you know, it epitomizes in like, when I get to design something like the Children's Museum in Los Angeles, like that is just like the culmination of all my like awesomeness. Right, so your dad was an engineer. My dad was an engineer, I would say a frustrated architect, because I think he wanted to build things, but focused on these little tiny detail pieces. And he worked for the Department of Transportation. Uh, and so he would ship around strange, you know, like, like folding up airplanes into ships and stuff like that. Oh, that's really cool. And obviously, Mikhail, your natural je ne sais quoi answers that question on its own of which of your parents inspired you, because clearly either one could have done it. Well, either or, but you know, here's the funny thing, Melissa, my mother started out doing the traffic and radio locally in Detroit, 
and she had a television show as well. So we were always in the studio. But, you know, as a kid, I hated it. Like, I just went, and this is before Instagram. Like, we couldn't go to the grocery store. We couldn't do anything. It's like people wanted to take Polaroid pictures with her. And I'm like, I really just want to get Cheerios and go home. But, you know, <laughs> so both of my parents were inspiration. But my mom specifically, because she worked in television, uh, ultimately, you know, I, I learned something. So there's four of you on the show. Did any of you know each other beforehand? We kind of knew each other. We were on the same HGTV uh, show, Design Start, just different seasons. So we knew of each other, but we and had so never who, met. Who came up with this idea? I mean, did, was there a producer that said, this is a great idea and let me bring these four characters together because I think they'll mesh? Or did one of you or your other co-hosts come up with the idea? From my understanding, I think 51 Minds had been toying around with uh, like a home reno genre type of show. And they were trying to figure out uh, how to make it, you know, unique and new and different. Uh, and so they came up with a show idea. And I remember getting a call and they're like, oh, we have this idea. What do you think? And I, what I loved about it was that it was showing failures, it, like it was showing us testing ideas that weren't successful and brainstorming. And for me, that was the most important part. And then we did um, chemistry tests to find, uh, you know, who we vibed with. And Mikel and I just, for some reason, have this like brotherly love and just like love each other to death. Don't kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> I love those guys. I love the people at 51 Minds. I've worked with them. They are so good and so, so smart good. and so creative. Um, so they did chemistry tests. How many different people did they try each of you with? Oh, Melissa, that's a messy question right there. <laughs> so the truth of it, from I, I, from what I heard, well... All I know is I think I what Brooks was I number five, number six, seven. What number designer was I? Uh, I think you might have been six or seven. Well, yeah, they tested out several people, but I think it was something about the way he and I interacted that kind of I, I think sealed the deal. I think both of us kind of knew what moment it was uh, <laughs> during the audition. But um, yeah, they they when I got pulled in, it was like they told me I was number six or seven. And they're like, you need to go in here and get your shit together. I didn't. Sorry, I don't know if I can curse, but no, they're like, you, you can. You like, you need to like really bring it when you go in this room. And I'm like, okay, aggressive. I'll get it done. And so, uh, no, we had a good time, the four of us. But uh, yeah, me and Brooks, we we had a, a fun time together. Um, Were you the last puzzle piece? I was the last puzzle piece. See, they were okay. waiting, saving the best for last. Best for last. You trying to start? This... You trying to start a war? <laughs> no, I've, this is the I've, best for last. I've sat in on the casting side of yeah. those tests. It's really, really hard. Just yeah. it's it's hard, but you also then it's... know in the room which it is. Yeah, a hundred percent. We knew when Mikel came on set because we did a test with another designer in in, the, in this last day, and Jessica and Ati and I were pissing ourselves cracking up with each other the chemistry was so good and then we tested out this one designer and it just wasn't quite 
working right. And then Mikel, we switched out. Mikel came in and it was on fire. Like they were loving it. The camera guys were pissing themselves, laughing. Everybody was laughing. And then we did little one-on-one, um, like kind of like direct to camera things. And Mikel and I's kind of bit was so funny. I was also pissing myself laughing. I was like, this is so good. Love that. Um, okay, so the show is a combination. It's like a mix of slick design reveals as well as science and engineering. Okay, walk me through the process. Who, okay, you guys sit down and brainstorm. Who, <laughs> who starts? Where? What's the jumping off point? Mikel, I think it's, you know, we get around this round table and the jumping off part is like, Whoever has an idea. Yeah, first. whoever has an idea. Like, yeah, I got yeah, this yeah. idea. What do you think? I Now, I will say, like, oftentimes, Brooks will lead with, like, some crazy, uh, you know, <laughs> explanation of, like, how we could do something. And then Ati will come in and kind of tell us, like, structurally, okay, like, yes, this can work. And then Jessica, with her engineering brain, you know, she's going to come in and make sure that things are safe. And then I just have to watch this one over here to make sure that these ideas that he is pitching are things that the average American family can like actually live with, like unlike dining tables that float onto the floor and people have to stand on top of them. So we just have to <laughs> check each other. I'm kind of like the checks and balances, if you will. I like the table that comes up that you could keep like, well, you guys had drinks, but you could put condiments and then like, Oh yeah, down. I like that. Um, so what happens when there's a disagreement? Oh, we fight. Yeah, yeah. Who, we who slap sides together? <laughs> I want to know who the teams are. You, you know, I don't know if there's like any actual disagreements. I think because when you're brainstorming ideas, no bad. There's no such thing as a bad idea. Yes, but there are. Maybe I was gonna say there's <laughs> there some are meetings, some bad ideas. There's some, there are some meetings I've sat in and where you go, that's a really bad idea. And there are times where I have literally walked in and said something like, okay, here's my idea. And halfway through, I go, wow, that is just fucking stupid. Ignore that. You know what? <laughs> it's been coming out of my mouth. I'm like, you know what? That is absolutely fucking ridiculous. I agree. There, I, all, Not all ideas are great and some just don't need to be heard. So it's typically <laughs> me, me and Brooks disagreeing. And may the chips fall, you know, to the rest of the team on, you know, what they decide. But typically he and I are not aligned. Um, yeah, when it comes to, to, to certain things. Can I just defend, defend myself for a second? What I, what I like to do is to throw out as many ideas as possible to see how far we can stretch the universe, right? And then we rope them back in. But if no one asks the question, x right whatever the question is or what is a door what is a wall if no one asks the question then you won't know to even think about that so i try to ask very weird out there questions so the group can be like oh wait you're right i didn't think about a ladder that is invisible right well, that so that's a, where that, i try i don't think you can get that past an insurance company but that's a separate <laughs> conversation but i i actually agree i i'm always a firm believer creatively go as far as you can and then it's always easier to roll it back than keep pushing it forward in general but here's the thing i was thinking about there are four of you yes and they say when you're working in a group it should be an odd number 
hmm. so that if you have to vote on something, there's a tiebreaker. Who either has think... multiple who has multiple personalities and gets to vote twice? I don't know how you work <laughs> in an even number. Mikkel, don't answer that. Uh, <laughs> it was Brooks is gonna vote twice. He is the one that's gonna vote twice. He says, <laughs> you will veto yourself. You will get to vote twice. That's how that's going to work. But how uh, do you, you know, solve it when it's two on two? Oh, I mean, to be honest, it's never like a straight up two on two. It's kind of like, it's almost like going to jury duty. And we've got like one person that we typically have to sway to the other side. And so, you know, we'll just keep wearing that person down and it's probably late at night anyhow. So we just keep wearing them down till we get the answer that, you know, we all know is the best. Um, a little bit like a, a CIA black ops. Exactly. House yeah, audit. exactly. Yep. I, how you're such proponents of brainstorming sessions and you told what the start of every episode and Brooks, you talked about about going all the way out there. But when you have all these different personalities in a brainstorming session, there's always one person that you want to reach across the table and shake. Now, I have worked with my mother, so I understand this emotion and also the restraint it takes to not say, you're wrong or stop or we got it the first time you pitched it and we didn't like it then and you can pitch it three more times the same way we're still going to dislike it how do you keep that urgent <laughs> um you know what that's a that's a fair question uh for me though like ideas are so exciting that if there if there's any reaching across the table it would be to like kiss Mikel or something it's because okay. what i <laughs> I love it like you touch me, you die. <laughs> I love this part of any process. So the beginning, the inception of the ideas and where they come from and why. And I love more than anything collaborating with people because four brains are better than one brain. And so everyone's unique perspective adds to whatever the thing that we're doing. So, so say uh, Mikhail has this idea, then I could add to it, Jessica adds to it, and Anati add to it. And now that idea is better, right? And so we just adapt and take, and it grows like growing a tree, right? Or go growing a flower. It, it needs water and sunlight and oxygen. It needs everyone's input. Mikhail, I can right, almost Mikhail, hear you rolling right? your eyes. <laughs> Yes, because his ideas are always outlandish. And it's just like, <laughs> no, honey, that does not work. We're not going to do it. I'm not going to be polite about it personally. Like, it just doesn't work. And so, you know, we have to have those come to Jesus moments. We sit down, we talk about it. We talk about what's practical. And then, you know, we do come to a happy medium. But typically we don't really, I'm going to be honest because like we're on this podcast, we have to tell the truth. Typically it's like the three of us against him. Now we don't want to we don't want to bully him, so you know we let him get his ideas out. You know, rub his back a little bit, make him feel good about it, and then we politely say that's not going to work. Oh, but the love between you two—it's you're no kidding that there's chemistry between you because it's all so good-hearted. <laughs> Where do you find these families? Oh, can I can I just say like looking at our camera screens? a difference between Mikel and I are so funny because like look at him he's got his like taupe oh. jacket on his like mock neck turtleneck his white apartment 
And look at me, like I'm all blending in with the wallpaper. This is like my, uh, you know, mug shot over here. I'm into color and patterns and I'm trying to influence Mikel a little bit with color and pattern. And he's trying to tone it, me down. But that's why it works. And that's also clearly why you guys are friends on top of it. <laughs> because you're just, sometimes the people who are the most opposite of you are the most like you yeah, right. and get you the most. Yes, very true. So, okay, do you, where do you find the families? Um, our production company, 51 Minds, uh, they do the casting for the families. Uh, our uh, we, season one, I'm going to say season one because we're praying for a season two, but season There's one. There's going to be a season two. Let's take a look at that. That's a great <laughs> um, show. We filmed in Atlanta. And so, of course, we're always looking for families who have like very enduring stories. But at the same time, they have to have those like space constraints where we can come in and actually solve a problem. Because like we don't want it to just be like this hokey design show where it's like, oh, we gave you some shiplap and, you know, we gave you a boucle chair and now you have everything at Target and you should be happy. So it's like, no, we don't want to do that. We want to give people real solutions to solve uh, you know, dilemmas that they're having in the house, specifically space dilemmas. What's interesting though, so when they find something, mm -hmm. do they bring it to you and say, let's do a walkthrough and see if this is doable? Or have you gotten into ones that you said, we have tried everything, there's nothing we can do to fix this? <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, we, we give feedback. We've seen videos from the family and we've seen the houses and everything like that. And so we have input and then it's up to 51 minds if, if they think like, oh, that sounds really challenging, but let's do it because that would be incredible, even, even though like given the risk. So they take our feedback and then they'll they'll make the ultimate decision of who they cast. But the families are so incredible uh, and uh, with, the, with all their stories and the situation and the way they live, they all need help. They're struggling to find more space in their houses. And so we can, we can come in and find space uh, anywhere. That's our, that's how our brains are working. Have you gone in and said in the middle of a project, this house is not hackable without major construction or major full on renovations and permits and serious construction? I mean, I don't think we've ever, like, once we've solidified the family, we've kind of gotten to a point where it's like, okay, this is actually doable. But we do have some of those houses when we first, because the, there's, here's the thing, Melissa, sometimes you think like, oh, I can, we can, we can tackle this. This is going to be easy. And then when Ati starts going into walls and we start finding out, you know, the truth about how the structure is built, that's when we have the bigger issues because it's like, okay, we have to figure this out live time and it's just like how do we really actually make this work and sometimes it's like wow we might have gotten ourselves in too deep but you know we we have to keep going at that point um it's difficult but once you start tearing now opening up those walls you have to keep going tell me about it that's always like the nightmare like you want to do something and you never want to open a wall because as soon as you open a wall nothing good comes of it right Ever. I, I love watching uh Mikkel open up walls Okay, he's trying to be funny. I don't open walls because I have like tweed blazers on. I'm a designer. I'm going to get bolts of fabric. I shouldn't even have to open up a, a wall. Why <laughs> you don't even ask me to do that? That is out of my realm of expertise. It's just not. I was wondering also how long it took, uh, it would take Mikel today to use the word boucle 
and ship laughed. And it was like less than two minutes. <laughs> but hey, we have company, okay? I understand that. And I understand why you, you're like, Tweed does not work for wall openings. No, First I don't want any no. dust. First and insulation. Dust. He wants me to get insulation on my jacket. Are you crazy? That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, okay. So, because I, I was saying, like, you literally had to dig down to raise ceilings. Yes. And to create space. I mean, that's got to take permits. Yes, absolutely. You know what? Ati is a certified contractor. So each one of our projects are vetted um, and we have to get clearance before we do anything. So yeah, it's it's the real deal. This is not just one of those paint the walls and you know put some furniture in a room type of shows. Like we have to jump through a lot of hoops just to even walk in the door. Um, how long does one take from start to finish? When I say start, I mean, I don't mean figuring it out because then you have to go through all the process of right. permits and this and that from breaking a wall, ground, whatever you want to call it. How long do these projects usually on average take? Mm, uh, they're, they're, we, they're going pretty fast. So a project kind of start to finish uh, depending on if if we magically find like like ha where we need to wear hazmat suits because there's a asbestos installation or something. So besides that part, uh, we overlap the houses, so they're we're doing them simultaneously. So it's about two to four weeks, give or take the the range. So there's a lot of activity and a lot of cr people crossing over with with plumbing and electrical and painters and fabricators and stuff. So it's, it's a it's like a dance. Uh, to choreograph that so it, that's how it's able to go so quickly but that's just because everything is very very organized and everyone on the team knows exactly what they're doing yeah it only took me a year to get a bathroom remodel but that's not the show. <laughs> well, um, you should have had us over melissa we'll do it for you in two weeks <laughs> perfect um so very often like we're used to seeing on like trading spaces and all these shows People walk in and see it and burst into tears and the whole thing. But they've also had some famous misfires. Have you had any misfires yet where you come in and where they come in, you're like, ta-da. And they're like, thanks. Like, <laughs> you just don't love it or that you're underwhelmed to see what you did. I would say no. And you know what's so funny? You brought that up. I was on the last season of Trading Spaces when they brought it back. And my homeowner hated my room. Well, actually, he had bad taste, so it really didn't matter. Well, but uh, clearly, clearly. He had poor taste. Um, We really didn't have that. You know, honestly, we had so many families who were, like, deserving. And they we outlined every single thing that they asked on their wish list prior to moving in. So they'll have a wish list and we'll embellish it. But we didn't have any people who were unsatisfied with um, you know, their designs, knock on wood, but we didn't have that this time. We really didn't. I think what I think what happened is that it's such a huge transformation that the families sometimes were speechless. Like they didn't even know how to react. 
so they would shake and then i was like oh is that a good shake or a bad shake so i think it was called 911 yeah, i think it was more like that where they were in awe because as you see in the show the the transformations are enormous, enormous. and like almost unrecognizable yeah Mm-hmm. And I would say most of the families are our Instagram friends now too. So they keep in contact with us. So they're, they're all happy. So Mikhail, I got to ask, yeah. there's a story that you hacked my mother's dressing room at a venue. I got to hear this. Yes. Okay. So this is circa like 2014, 15. And your mom came to the Steve Harvey show. I almost felt like you were there too. But, I probably uh, was. And so I- Was it in Chicago still? Chicago, yes. Alex Duda. Yes. Okay, so Alex Duda, love her. I worked with her prior on Jersey Licious and all these other shows she's worked on in the past. And well, she was one of the creators of Fashion Police. Oh, there you go. Well, Alex brought me to the Steve Harvey show. And my one of my jobs was to decorate all of the green rooms, but they gave me like a nicer budget so we didn't have to throw crappy things in the room. But I got to design a space for um for your mom and she was very kind. And yeah, that that's my Joan Rivers story. I was so excited. Actually, I was starstruck and I had to like pull it together. But um, no, that's that's my story. Well, I'm I'm guessing because I remember doing that show with her that I was probably there, which means she didn't steal anything. So that was that was a bonus. Everything was accounted for. You're good. Exactly. Was it glued down? Yeah, because the two of us could strip. First of all, we can I can still strip a dressing room of all food products easily. That's not even an effort. Um, but Brooks, I gotta ask about the construction of this particular hairdo. <laughs> you, do, you do pull at it a lot. Have you? Yeah. And it, it says your bio says your passion for design is topped only by the by the height of your hair. <laughs> well, first of all, I I just want to say that I absolutely loved Fashion Police. I was obsessed, and all of my friends we always watched the show and just like loved it so much. Uh, what a part of our culture to be to be a part of that and to witness that. So thank you. I I just love that so much. Um, that inspired me to try to up my fashion game a lot, which goes back to my hair. So my hair is, a, the, the long story was like, my sister and mom did my hair for me when I was a kid because they didn't know what to do with it. So they brushed it. And I was like, what is happening? I turned into Teen Wolf. You can't brush this stuff. So no, when I got can't. older, I just figured if I just stop touching it, then it will just do its own thing. And so the only thing that I do now is, um, uh, I used to cut my hair myself with my eyes closed to get it to be uneven. Because when you go get a haircut, when you pay someone money, they won't make it uneven. You know, they want to do a professional job. So they, you know, they can't fuck up your hair. You're paying them money. And I want it to be messy, you know, so I'd cut it myself. Now my amazing wife, is, who's my stylist, and she also cuts my hair. We just let it go. Sunshine and salt water is the key. There you go. Um, I'm going to throw out a challenge to you guys. So I am in the process of figuring out how to convert my guest room, which has strange wall configuration, meaning like there's closet doors right in the center of a wall. There's a bathroom door right in the center of a wall and this weird little sort of walkway and windows in weird places. Um, 
I'm trying to convert it into a guest bedroom slash office. And I would rather not use a pullout couch. Mm. What are mm. my mm. options? I was thinking maybe build bookcases out and do a Murphy bed. I also don't want to have to move a tremendous amount of furniture when there's a guest. That's yeah, my challenge. Well, you can get back to me on this. I would, or you I would come do the celebrity version. <laughs> hack my house. That would be I'd amazing. love to see it. Yeah, we amazing. should totally do that. Oh my God. Yes. Well, for, I would is, ask that is my challenge. Well, first of all, your room sounds challenge. very weird. What kind of room is this? It's not. It's it's not. It's a very normal room. It's just the placement of certain things is odd it was originally a spec house okay and then these other people moved in and i moved in after these people so there's certain things when you've been gone through home remodels a few times and are kind of aware of these things that you realize are done just because it's easy right right kind of thing and that room has those kinds of things is just because it's easy they plopped it there right so, and you don't want to do any yeah. construction, like moving the doors no. or something, right? Oh, hell no. Hell no. Right. No, I don't want to. I don't want to do any of that. It's got to be what I call cheap and cheerful. You know, <laughs> it's got to be easy, not difficult, not complicated. I've done difficult and complicated. I mean, so I, I challenge you. You can think about it. I think she might be a good candidate for that Ori system where the sofa and the uh, we have a sofa that retracts and turns into a bed and like a Murphy bed. Melissa, but not. It's like a high end Murphy bed. It's like a high end Murphy bed that goes into the ceiling. So it's okay. You're going to have to send me info on this. I think you might like it. It's very sleek. It's very sleek. You're going to have to send me info. Should I tell them that's that a good one? Me? Yes. Should I, should I, yeah, should I we'll give the code for a discount? The <laughs> Kale sent me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, you should. Gentlemen, thank you so much. No problem. And if that wasn't enough for you, here are Jessica and Ati. Welcome to the show. Thank, thank you. you. We're so excited. We are too. So, where the passion of your for your fields come from? It always starts somewhere. Like, Adi, why do you love construction? What started that? So for me, I actually oopsed into it. I wasn't like intentional about it. For a very long time, I wanted to save the world. And so when I went to college, I moved to Washington, D.C., planning. I got a nonprofit job. I was like working in uh, reproductive health and doing HIV AIDS work. And then the best thing that ever happened in my life happened, which is I got laid off. But right before that, I had just bought my first place and all I had done in the space was like painted it. I put in new flowers in the friends and then I like put in new carpet. It was actually kind of, it, like when I look back at it, it was a very tacky remodel, but it worked. And then I like sold the place shortly after and I was like, wait, you know, this this might be a thing. So it's not that I grew up going to open houses and like playing with tools or anything like that. I I didn't even imagine that in my 
in my head. And, you know, I, I think my mom was disappointed for a while because she thought, you know, she's an African mom. She's like, she's going to have like a good solid career that I could brag to my friends about. And turns out I decided to go into construction instead. So what does your daughter do for like, she breaks down walls. It's a little, <laughs> it sounds a little different when she's out with her friends. It does. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica, what about you? I mean, you're like a hardcore engineer. Uh, yeah. So I actually, I had always wanted to be an astronaut from when I was a very little girl and, um, and then went to college for an astrophysics, turned to physics and, um, was going to go into the military. I wanted to fly the shuttle, uh, and realized that that was not going to be the best, uh, environment for me to flourish in. Plus uh, I didn't meet the height requirement. I did not meet the height requirement for it. <laughs> What's the height requirement? I think it was like five, four or five, five. Yeah, it was five, four. And I was like a quarter of an inch too short. And I, so, you know, I mean, I can I understand. Wouldn't meet the height, I wouldn't meet the height requirement either. So. You know, you got to get measured in the morning when your vertebrae are a little bit stretched out. So, um, so then, um, then I basically realized I wasn't going to go into the military or maybe be an astronaut and um, was completely ill-prepared for a terrestrial future. You know, like what on earth am I going to do on earth? So um, then- fits and starts. I went into entertainment for a while, managed, did some comedian management. I was Al Franken's assistant. I, and then at some point I was like, I'm, I still want to go to space. I'll, I'll go as a mission specialist and went back to grad school for robotics, um, where I was in a humanoid robotics lab at MIT. And, uh, and then, then I, you know, things again changed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just learned how to build and break things. And, uh, it was an amazing uh, rebirth of wonder for me. So, well, because generally, you when you study robotics at MIT, interior design is not really something that's often said in the same sense. This is a this is true. This is true. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think there was something where I really wanted to be able to bring that kind of engineering acumen into people's homes and make it more accessible. And then it came out through, I was like, well, furniture um, seems to be a great way to do that. And, and then, you know, had that consilience and combination. It's always interesting where, when you think of a science, especially you don't think of creativity, but you obviously are very creative. How was the show? Did you guys know each other at all before the show? We did not. We did not. Actually, you know, what's really funny. So, you know, we had to do the chemistry tests together. So Brooks and I were like the original two that got cast. And then we did chemistry tests with a bunch of different people. And then Jess was cast. And then Mikhail was the um, final um, person. But literally the Friday before we were going to do a chem test with Mikhail, I knew we were doing a chem test with him. He had no idea who I was. And I bumped into him somewhere in like Las Vegas. <laughs> Like at, at like one of the kitchen and bath shows. And I was like, oh, hi, I guess I'll talk to you on Monday. And he's like, huh? <laughs> I remember that. But then I saw him on Monday and I was like, oh, hi, we're doing a chemistry test together. And he was like, oh, okay. That was weird. I thought you were stalking me. So, <laughs> But no, we did, not, we did not know each other at all until the, until our final chemistry test. That's when we all, all four of us yeah. got together. Yeah. Did you find that you knew the second all four of you were in the room together? Yes. Yeah, we did. And we did a lot of our chem tests on Zoom because it was COVID and all of that stuff. And then our eventual 
the four of us together was actually in person in LA and immediately yeah. it was like um we actually were doing another camp test with somebody else those like Mikhail and one other person and as soon as Mikhail and the three of us got together we knew it was a wrap right yeah. yeah. But you know, when I did the chem test, the original an original one for, that I did in Zoom, so we were three months or four months into the pandemic. Um, I had one call with someone and then they're like, tomorrow, you know, can you do a chem test tomorrow? And I'm such an amateur that I thought it was a drug test. Yeah. And so um, I was like, um, I might need a couple of days. Like, <laughs> I had been home with my family for months already, right? Like house, like I definitely had some edibles, and so I was like, and they're like, it's personality chemistry test, you know? And I was like, like oh. yeah, totally. Like when? When's the Zoom? <laughs> yeah. Oh, as long as I don't have to pee in a cup, it is all exactly. good. I think that was a clear, a clear sign. They're like, we can see what we're dealing with. Right. Now, you know? <laughs> um, the show is such a mix of slick design and science and engineering. Walk me through your process. Cause you all four come at it from completely different angles. Yeah. So yeah. like Jessica, what is your process? You know, I, it's funny. So I would love to answer this clearly. So, but I have found like categorically, I can't, I think a lot of people romanticize their, their, their idea generation process in general. Right. Um, I'm kind of scribbly in the world. And so, um, you know, I feel, you know, I'm, I'm basically assaulted by a ton of stimuli, like ping pongs coming into my head all the time, you know, ducking and getting hit up and, and really then, um, like analysis starts by like, what can get in? Like, what's, what am I seeing? What are the problems? And it, there's just like this huge, very broad landscape, uh, problem landscape. And, um, and it involves design. It involves, um, you know, things Ati and I actually talk about all the time. It, it involves what are the, what are the solutions needed? Productivity, what kind of emotions are needed? What are the functional solutions? What are efficiency? How do these people live in time? Um, you know, what are their daily patterns and things like that? And how do we estimate going forward? And so um, think through that and then start to just basically, you know, move around everything in this kind of Rubik's cube Tetris way in my head and, and think how possible solutions. And, you know, and I think what's nice about that is that having the underpinning of, of my education kind of assume that whatever comes out of that quagmire of ideas will be executable in some ways. Like the, there will be a solution, right? We can, we I can, I, I like how you just sort of put a, a, a codicil into that. Cause I was about to say to Addie and when you look at her and say, love the idea, but we're not a science lab. <laughs> and this has to be a little bit grounded in a reality and be what is doable. Um, how does that go? How, how do you think about you, budget? Yeah. I'm not <laughs> talking about well, budget, the whole other and that's thing. That's not like, a ping pong ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, Melissa. What Jess is not telling you is this process that she has is literally like 
on screen and off screen. And so she thinks about things this way, even just like when she's pursuing like dating, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's always like kind of, there's like a science to it. And so I'll be like, okay, you know, get on the apps. And she's like on the app. And she's like, first of all, the interface that Bumble's put together is giving me Bumble thumb. I don't understand why <laughs> I couldn't do it. Like where you were able to like use other fingers and be able, yeah. like that's the way she processes everything. And how's and your dating game going? <laughs> Yeah, I'm super single. I've been telling her, I've been telling her it's cuffing season. She used to get on it, but she's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, she's just like, does not compute. Like, <laughs> okay, well go on. Cause she comes to you and then we'll do this and a robotic arm will come out and take <laughs> the ping pong ball and put it over here. And then that's going to roll down there and drop the pellet. So the hamster eats and rolls on the, runs on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the wheel. You told me that's exactly it all the time, like with everything. And so a lot of, you know, it's just one of those things like where I, obviously, as you can tell, like we're really good friends and we're at yes. the point out where I'm just like, sometimes I'm just like, I do not know how you even got to that point, but like back, back down. Yeah. <laughs> like, or she'll just walk away and I'll I'm be like, like, okay, okay. Control Z, or <laughs> yeah, command Z, command Z. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <avoid> mission. <laughs> Right. But um, no, I I I think uh, that was one. I I feel like like sometimes I feel like I was the bureaucrat in the show because a lot of times, or the mom, or like whatever, like where I was always like the person who's like, yeah, we can't build that. And it wasn't just jazz; it was like Mikel, um, We're just like, yeah, you know what? That fabric's just not going to work for like a family that's got like four children and a dog and you know all all the things. Or right. like Brooks, who's just like, and then if we like take it to the end level and I'm like back to earth back to earth you are the one who has to say no a lot I am. and the and and McKellen Brooks even said to me before um you know we really don't know anything until Ati opens the walls <laughs> yes you mean it makes an exploratory hole <laughs> yes Opens they, walls, exploratory holes. Soft word. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix decided that it was like they not. They, they nixed that part where I'd be like, so I mean, I use that because that's like construction lingo. I'm like, I've got to do an exploratory hole. These three out of hand, like they just like burst out laughing and took exploratory hole to the next level. Whereas all I meant was like, we need to cut a hole in the wall to figure out whether or not it works. <laughs> exactly, whether or not this is even doable. Who gets the exactly. most upset when you say, and, and, and I'm taking Mikhail out of this because he is clearly a man yeah. that does not want to hear about practicality <laughs> in fabrics. No, no, you know oh, no. I mean? you can't, you can't say it. And I, I had a decorator I worked with when my son was, I guess he was about 13 and he and all of his friends were all over and he brought me like this beautiful fabric for the family room couch. I'm like, no, like something that bring me an outdoor fabric <laughs> to use inside. You're like, I need pavement, basically, yes. like a, a, a flexible yes. pavement. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a difference because all of us have a design background, like right. we, we all approach things very differently. And I'm sort of the same way as you, Melissa, like I'm just like the one who will meet with the client and I'm like, you can't have nice things. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you got, your roommates won't allow you to do that. The two-legged kind and the four-legged kind. And so right. like, 
let's get some sunbrella in here or let's get some leathers that will like get beaten the heck down and like wear nicely and look nicer as it patinas or whatever. But yes, Mikhail will prescribe boucles to her like family of four quads. It's going to be yeah. beautiful though. For, for like eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. it will be gorgeous though because he's got exquisite taste. Yes. But it's definitely like, you know, <laughs> it's for the so, um, By the way, boucle must be one of his favorite things because it came up when I talked to the two of them Oh, and I mean, it's, it's very, it's really, it's a, it's kind of trending right now. Yeah, he like, like has names for stuff. Like he's like, oh, and this fab. What if we look for a nubby, nubby oatmeal? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Well, the best is Brooke said. I was wondering how long before you got the word boucle in there. Um, <laughs> but I want to go back to Adi. Who gets the most upset when you say no? Mikael. Really. He, he's also the most um like cantankerous <laughs> <laughs> so, you know like sometimes he gets upset when you say yes really so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he also will be the first to say no. oh yeah like if we're if you're just like you know aesthetically also like i'm like if, you can tell like I'm super into color and like all of that stuff and Mikkel's definitely a lot muted and there's like scenes that weren't shown but literally like Mikkel and I would be at the fabric store picking fabric and at those one time I was like oh Mikkel check this out and I like, gave it to him and then I like turned around and I'm like looking at the rest of his stuff and he literally dropped the fabric on the floor <laughs> I kept walking and I only found out because like the production was like oh my god can you get the camera down to like where Mikhail had just dropped Ati's fabric <laughs> one of the things I love and part of what makes the show work is first of all it's fascinating yeah. it's fascinating on so many levels and you can't wait to see if these things work and also how you fix things on the fly yeah where you're like oh this is not good or this isn't gonna work and you have to work in in the fly um do you ever walk into your friend's homes now and look around and go hmm they could put a bookshelf there they could use this space better da, 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 da. like do you find yourself maybe you guys internally criticizing how your friends have used your spaces because i'm sure mikhail just spits it out <laughs> I don't until you turn on the switch. So like I have zero opinions until you're like, what do you think? Then I will turn on the switch. Having right. said that, I have like gone out on a date or like gone to a guy's house and just basically been like, yeah, this is not going to happen. Like because of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. of the space, like I mean, that's the guy who had the lava lamp, like as a. <laughs> and, he was, wait, and he wasn't trying to be kitschy. No, 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 no. no. It, was it was like, like for light or for something. Light. Yeah. yeah. Or like, <laughs> it was like one of those college, you know, remember the. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I know that my son has one. No, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> but he's in college. He should have one. Exactly. Not um, a 52 year old. Right. Right. Oh, God. Run, honey. Run. Well, I will swipe left on somebody's profile if I don't like the cabinets in their kitchen, if they take he their does. picture in their kitchen. And I'm like, I can't, I can't live with that. No, those you don't cabinets. realize that you could change their cabinets. 
Yeah, I'm not good. I've also learned that we're not going to change them so fast. So like, or there's gonna be a, yeah, there's a lot of things that likely also need changing. And like, probably the cabinet is like low on the totem pole. <laughs> oh, honey, you need me in your life because I have just gone through a situation where, and it's now my longtime boyfriend of a year and a half is a long time, which for me, yeah. that's like fucking a world record. Time, yeah. Um, And I, I was saying to someone, just recently, I don't even know I went on a second date with him because on his first date, the first thing I noticed was he didn't have on good shoes. And for whatever reason, I let that go. I'm glad I did. And then the second date, his shoes were better, but I didn't like his shirt. Um, but I remember once we started dating, I started, I I say to him now, because it's long enough, I'm not going to push you out of your comfort zone yeah. I'm just gonna make I'm just gonna update it. You're just gonna what? Update it. Yeah. I'm no, just gonna take large, you and polish you up to look enlarge the comfort zone. You can stay in it. It's just gonna get a lot bigger. You know, <laughs> yeah, like that's a good one too. Oh, so you really pass up on people because of their cabinetry? She does. Uh, but I mean, this is kind of Remember how Jess's brain thinks. She thinks about things in formula and efficiency, right? And so this is like, just like, she's like, as a scientist, I've got to put together criteria. And like the criteria is that if there's cherry cabinets, if there's like a guy with a picture with a fish, if it's like, I'm just not Obviously reading past fish. it. Like after that, it's like, all right, that, that part's done. Let's, let's, let's keep moving on. Even though then I'm like, but what if the, that was like the photo of, him at his mother's house or she just happens to have the cabinet and this is a cogent <laughs> argument except for he still had the idea to take a picture in front of those cabinets so it's not even about the cabinet right it's the knowledge <laughs> judgment's <call>. exactly <laughs> oh my god it's you're worse than me you see, you see why we're going to end up being like old, lonely ladies together? <laughs> no, you're not. I'm going to find you guys. <laughs> oh, my God, really? Because but this is literally because I remember pulling up in front of the restaurant and looking at Steve and going, ew. <laughs> like, no. literally, that was the first thing I saw before I even parked my car. Was it a blind date? Did you know? Like, were you set up with someone or was it like? No, we, like had, we had met in passing, but it was like a situation where like, I wouldn't like. And then, you know, it's like our first date and he'd ask me out. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, oh. And so like, you knew he had made an effort. And I'm that's like- the, that's, the, that's the thing, right? You know, there was thought. But, and that's the part. Yeah, but like, I was like, good, 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 good. You lazy fucker. <laughs> couldn't even put on a good pair of shoes. Like that's where I'm like, oh my God, those are horrible. And I called him out on it since he goes, well, they were comfortable. I'm like, really? really that you thought that was a okay he's like well I just didn't think you, anyone would look at someone's shoes on the first date I'm like <laughs> of course we do now I know she looks at cabinets among other surfaces, amongst other surfaces. <laughs> <laughs> um what's gonna happen when you and I'm sure you bought your first homes and whatever but you go into a house and you're like, I really want it. And I think I can fix it. And then realize you're stuck with something that you can't fix. Do you think that's even possible? No. <laughs> no. You're like, next. 
Okay, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out another question because I I pitched this out to the guys. Okay. First of all, if I, I, if anything, I'd be like Ati, we have a, we I need some help here. Yeah, she'll like, be like, can you find out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean I so so when I first started remodeling houses, I it was in my twenties, and so I had a lot more flexibility. Now I like nice things, but at that point, <laughs> like. I was able I moved like eight times in five years so I like buy a complete shithole move in fix it up and there and like all my there wasn't like YouTube where you could find resources for everything so I used to watch a lot of this old house I watched like every episode of this old house and so I would move in try to figure out what needed to get done fix it rent out that space move to the next space so I ended up kind of like getting my chops doing that um and I've seen like the entire gamut. Like I used to be nervous about structural damage. That's like the biggest, usually the thing that costs you the most because you can't quite identify how much it's going to cost upfront. A lot of times you have to like still kind of go down, but everything else is fixable. Everything is fixable. Um, even the shittiest like house that's like falling apart is, I, I, I personally, I don't feel intimidated by it, but I just think it's because like I've kind of seen the entire gamut of like houses that literally need to get torn down. Oh, I once bought a house that had fire damage. So even the joists weren't there. Like it was just like everything got burnt down. It was like a total brick shell. And so I had to like build that from scratch. And so um, that one was a tough one. You know, it took three times as long as I thought it was going to be. And um, I screwed up a lot, but um you know, it was an expensive lesson, but I think like after that, I was just like, all right, then, you know, we could probably do anything <laughs> to this. Okay. So Jessica, what yeah. is the one home based problem that keeps you up at night that you really believe you can fix, but you haven't quite figured out to like someone had to come up with the dinosaur thing that takes stuff off the top shelves. Like what is the one thing that you lay awake at night, the problem you're trying to solve? Um, I know that's like a completely random question. Right. Yeah. I lay awake at night thinking about other questions, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I think a big one, I mean, you know, I, this is gonna sound kind of awkward, but it's really about um, in general, um, how do you align people's behavior with the with the notion that they um, that their space is um, needs to be organized differently? So um, um, I'll elaborate a bit. So a lot of times we can go into a person's house who is like, I want this. Um, we need to really just change the whole layout of this, or we need to do this and this for storage. And the truth is that they are just incapable of organizing. And no matter what you will be able to put in the house, it will be very difficult for them to actually maintain a system. And so, um, you know, thinking about what are the, I think a lot of terms of like frictions in friction in systems, right? So yeah, it's what, are, what frictions are, because I didn't understand what it was, you know, but. so things that are like pr giving resistance to something, right? right. And, so, and so like, what is the lowest friction solution that you can, that you can give to someone who might just be not capable of understanding how to keep a space neat? or organize or categorize? To me, some, the idea that someone can't categorize is like, 
anathema. Like, I'm like, what? How is it? How is there a brain that exists that can't think of that? This goes here and this goes here and this goes here, but it definitely exists. Right. So, um, I, uh, I think that is a really big thing is like, what is the lowest friction organizational system that can be developed for somebody? You know, that's yeah. fascinating. Ati and Jessica hack my home. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. It was super fun. A Huda Media Production.